Thank you for downloading episode number two of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. Loads to talk about, so let's get started. Hello, you are listening to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. So hello, welcome to number two, our second episode of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike, I'm here with Anton. Hello, Anton. Hello, I'm I'm here. <laughs> you are here, and Alistair, you're here too. Howdy. And uh, thank you, first of all, to everyone who has downloaded, listened to episode number one, everyone who has messaged us as well, because we've had a few messages on Twitter, and uh, you've had a couple of messages as well on email, Al. Yeah, we have had. We have some great comments. Thank you for the feedback. It's all been positive, by the way. And we've even made it to number 57 of the Swiss podcast charts. Is yeah, that right? something like that. It's very niche. I think we're number seven of the video gaming category in Switzerland for podcasts. Well, that's um, that's something to celebrate. Merry Christmas. Yeah, congratulations. Woo! Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, the old saying, get to number 57 on the Swiss charts and then it's Hollywood. So, you know, we're, uh, we're working our way up the charts i mean you know it, it does question whether we're doing this in the right language for a start because obviously you know we could do it in french or german perhaps might be more appropriate well you might be able to i, I have pretty much one language and a bit of um a few words here and there but anyway thank you very much to the one person in switzerland who listened to us <laughs> hey yeah let's see if we can double it this week um all right then so lots lots and lots to talk about so let's get started with this week's news tell us the people want to know so, Anton, this is an interesting one. We were talking about this briefly before, but uh, Nintendo Switch has surpassed the lifetime sales in Japan of the Vita within two years. That is quite incredible, really. Yeah, it's like, on one half, I'm just like, oh, is the Switch selling a lot or is the Vita just that bad? But I think we found the perfect crossroads. Um, but yeah, it's incredible because the thing is, uh, Japan was the best-selling region for the Vita. Because it was very popular, because they had Monster Hunter running on it. Uh, they had tons of JRPGs and just generally portable consoles to bear in Japan. So the fact that even in the Vita's best region, it's been outsold is just remarkable. I think the the big thing for me has been in the last six months to a year, Nintendo has really seen just how much value there is in getting good jrpgs on the switch that for me has been the change because that was one of the criticisms early on of the switch actually that there weren't many jrpgs and it's kind of realized that if it's gonna take that market that the vita held that it had to do that and it's obviously done that and more because you know the switch is kind of doing well across the board in terms of sales but that for me i think is where they've really kind of figured out what to do yeah, what I actually find quite interesting here is they're they're using the Switch as a comparison with the Vita, which means it's a direct comparison on portable handheld consoles. Does that mean that the 3DS is now officially a goner as far as Nintendo's concerned? No, I, I think they're still developing um, software for the 3DS. I still, I'm still seeing some new games, and we we see that at the the directs. They're still, ta- but maybe what they've done is they've they've changed the focus. Maybe the 3DS is more aimed at a younger audience, and it's less about the JRPGs and the the more serious um, uh, games. And particularly in Japan, it seems like the Switch has found that kind of market that the Vita helped. But I think also. If you think about it, we were talking about Persona last week, about how Persona was only on the PlayStation 4 and not on the, the Vita, the last Persona, I should say, and how we really missed the portability because Persona is the perfect game to play on the go. So what the Switch does is it, it allows you to do both seamlessly. And I think that part of it as well 
as the the fact that it is um, as good as a Vita is for playing JRPGs on the go. It's like a bonus. It's like you can go home and play it on the big screen and you can take it with you. And I think they've just really nailed it. Mm -hmm. As well as that, a thing to kind of keep in mind is I feel like just looking at how the Switch is being advertised in Japan, it seems like Nintendo's taken a much different approach where over here they're kind of trying to reinstate the fact that it is a home console plus handheld. Whereas in Japan, because it's just like main consoles have never really sold the best i think they're really just trying to get in there and just promote it as a handheld because that will be the way they get more sales because i've seen articles where apparently just a lot of resellers in japan are not even including the dock with used switches because they can sell on separately because they'll get more sales of just getting switches out of the door that's interesting i guess it's um different markets and and it's sensible from nintendo to market like that i mean certainly over here coming up to christmas the big push is family gaming. I mean, that is the mm-hmm. big thing. And and I know that, Alistair, you've found that that's been quite a big thing as well, the family gaming element. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can play with every generation, but actually it's, it's somewhat anecdotal. I had people around last night. I had uh, a couple of friends around. Half of them hadn't played video games for, I'm going to say, the last 15 years. We picked up the Switch. We spent four hours quite happily playing Mario Kart, playing uh, Overcoot, playing Astro Bears, which, by the way, if you... Astro Bears is great. It's amazing. If, you, if you've never played before, go on the, the uh, store. It's about, I don't know, three or four pounds, and it's the most fun you'll have. It's brilliant. Really so, yeah, and, and these people, they hadn't played it for... They hadn't played a console in such a long time. It was the first thing they picked up. They loved the fact you could pick it up, take it away. They've got kids. They were already saying, we've got to go and buy one of these for when their kids get a bit older yeah it's just it's incredibly accessible and marketing that family angle really does have a, a big key advantage over, over the two here yeah, yeah certainly in the yeah. uk it's, it is interesting i think with christmas you're seeing a lot of the the console packs as well and anton that are being marketed at the moment there's a lot of the pokemon ones at the moment that are being um advertised heavily you've got the splatoon stuff you know there's a lot of sort of, you know, let's aim this at families, sell a few more units before Christmas, which is, I guess, is sensible. And I can see the sales over here continuing. I think 2019 is a big year for sales. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys have felt this, but don't you kind of feel like, at the moment, Nintendo's probably one of the most well-positioned like publishers of games uh, on the whole in terms of regional games? Because, like, maybe during the PS3 era, Sony had tons of Japanese games. Like, they had... Um, Oh, I can't remember the names of some of them off the top of my head, but they were kind of central for your JRPGs was the PlayStation 3. But PS4, it seems like they've kind of lost their way a little. Maybe just it's the fact that they've became the number one console, so they are focusing on with sponsorship with Call of Duty and all that kind of stuff, focusing more on American releases and Western titles. Uh, Whereas the Switch, it seems like it's getting your Bayonetta's obviously exclusively. uh, And yeah, I don't know. Is that something you guys feel in line with that they've kind of taken that top spot of your alternative games 100 percent, and i think the other thing as well is that there's a big market not just in japan for example for these games i think in the uk it's a growing market you know people are trying trying these games out for the first time a lot of people are maybe maybe have never played a jrpg are now deciding do you know what let's go and do it and and if you look at the switch the way they've released stuff so they're releasing half of the final fantasy games going into 2019 and that's quite a clever move because they're what what they're really doing is saying hey if you're a fan of this series you're probably going to buy this because you love it and you want to play it on the go if you're not a fan of this series because you've never played it buy one of these games you can play it on the go <laughs> it's kind of clever you know yeah, they've also managed to position themselves really well in another way in that we're talking about they're, they're very family-friendly. They're orienting themselves for getting in the kids. But equally, you can pick it up. You can go play Doom. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, they have managed to position themselves perfectly, both we, geographically and across the age spectrum. There's, they have done an amazing job with the marketing and, it's and not, the, probably the, the games they've brought out so far. That's not historically Nintendo as well. That's not what they historically do. You know that they're not known for their massive, uh, you know, array of. 18 certificate games or 15 certificate games so that was something they had to really address if they were going to be uh, a leader in the marketplace and i think they've done that really well with the switch yeah it's like the thing i really find fascinating about switch is how diverse the audience of people that i'm seeing playing it are you have some people are just playing it really casually and they might pick up mario kart and pokemon and call it a day and that's them and then you've got people going on there and it's like they're going on there they're playing undertale some obscure indie games some visual novels and just these really like intense gamery games where which it seems like the switch out of like the three main kind of audiences of gamer the casual the hardcore and the kind of soft core uh which these are some like different titles but anyway without that audience they don't really seem to have that like soft core call of duty fifa kind of annual pickup the yeah, same yeah. kind of games every year, but they've really managed to hit these two polar opposites of the hardcore and the casual, which is really incredible for one device to do. Well, speaking of game releases, one of the uh, collections of games that has just come out, which is quite interesting if you are a retro gamer or if you're a gamer of a certain age, I'd actually say someone probably slightly older than us generally, because uh, the console itself originally would have been a big hitter in the 80s, which... Uh, was around about the time I started yeah, playing, but I was little. Yeah, I think I, I can't remember when I started gaming. I was probably, my NES was probably really when I started gaming. I was 89, Christmas 89 was when I got my Spectrum. That's that's my pivotal moment. Um, but before that, I did actually have a shot on a f- uh, Family's Atari. And Atari Flashback Classics is out, 150 Atari games. you got to think that if there's 150 games crammed on there, they're probably not all the creme de la creme of Atari games, but it's got your classic Atari games on there. It's got your Space Invaders and your Pong and all that stuff. And actually, if you're a bit of a retro gamer, and we talked about this last week with the Genesis collection or the Mega Drive collection in the UK, it's interesting because you're getting what would have been a virtual console thing, but on on a one-off cartridge. And it's a good release. It's, It's maybe not the biggest release we're going to see this year. I hope it's not the biggest release we're going to see in 2019. But, um, you know, it's another little extra and a bit of retro gaming. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Like, I'm, I must, I'm amazed we're still getting these. I love it, in fact. But <laughs> I, I'm amazed because I'm just sitting here looking at it and you see how much they're charging for, like, the new Geo games. That's like £5 per game. And I'm like, even Zega, especially with the Mega Drive collection, they could have easily sold those games for, like, £3 a pop. So the fact we're getting it just really shows the value you're getting in these collections. Like the Ferry Pond Mega Drive collection on a cartridge. So like a five pounds of that price is probably just on the packaging. Yeah. And you're still getting like 50 games in there. It's incredible. Yeah, that I think that is a really good value collection, actually, the Mega Drive collection. I don't know if you've seen the interface when you when you load up the game, when you give yourself um, the, the options in the menu, what you're actually faced with is a 90s bedroom and it's brilliant because you've got your crt television you've got your mega drive you've got your your games up on the shelf that you can pick from you've got a desk in the corner uh, you've got your posters on the wall all that kind of stuff it's really really cool um and they've really taken a lot of time and effort into doing that and i i agree with you i mean uh, to pick up these games as a one-off they could have easily done like they're doing with the sega ages stuff i guess they could have done that for all these games but actually we're getting a really good collection there for a good value so there is if you're a retro gamer there's a lot out there that you can already get your hands on throwing on a question out to you guys if you were to like 
you had infinite power and you owned all of the companies, if you had to choose a game that you would want to get, like a console you want a collection for, what would you, on Switch, what would you go for? Al. Ah, that's really difficult, because the only consoles I've ever really played generally were Nintendos, and you can just about get them all on there. I know uh, mine. I mean, my, my favourite console of all time is the Nintendo 64, hands down, and I'm pretty sure some of those games at some point will appear in the Switch, but not until after they've released a, an N64 Mini, which is probably coming our way soon. I think that's coming soon, and I th- I'll definitely be buying the N64 Mini, but I think for me, it's got to be the Dreamcast. I would love... Oh my god. <laughs> I would love the Dreamcast collection on the switch i am so wanting shenmue and i don't even really mind about the third one i just want the first and second on the switch we've got the remasters on the xbox um and i think it's on playstation 4 as well isn't it i really want it on the switch uh because they did the the same collection they they did a dreamcast collection for the xbox 360 so they have like hd remastered shiny versions of these games and i'm just like could you please port them? It would be fantastic. But you've sold my answer, so I'm going to say the Saturn. Because <laughs> oh, you nice. just need to complete the Zega collection. That would be cool. I mean, the Saturn was very short-lived, but I tell you what, um, there were some pretty decent games on there. Mm-hmm. I always feel like the Saturn had the best of 2D games, because it was like one of the last proper 2D consoles with the six-button controller and didn't yeah. really bother with much 3D stuff. Like, what they had was even still technically 2d games like you had virtual fighter and stuff like that well good shout i mean i would be quite happy if they did both to be honest but perhaps we're maybe wishing for a little bit too much perhaps (laughs) Uh, speaking of third-party developers though uh interesting because there's been some interesting comments from uh, the nintendo american president uh reggie fizame and i'm probably pronouncing that wrong and apologies reggie if i am not that he'll probably be listening but you never know um and uh the the interesting comments were that a lot of the reason he says that we're not getting third party developed games that maybe were already out or were already kind of on the way to being out is because of when the switch was released and it was just the wrong time basically yeah pretty much so that's that's the gist of it he was saying these uh, games if you take red dead because i think red dead was possibly what actually triggered this um, conversation in the first place was these games have been in development for years and years and years and they were being developed before news of the nintendo switch actually existed before the console existed to anybody outside probably of nintendo uh, and he's effectively hinting at the fact that we might start to see some more third-party developer games coming through the pipeline including maybe some fairly major ones no, no we're not going to get red dead obviously but things that are in the pipeline from some of these bigger um, development houses could well become a switch albeit i suspect they'll be slightly pared down versions yeah because it totally just makes sense that they would start porting more games eventually because these games cost so much like look at battlefield 5 there's a not a market big market of shooters on the switch so far and it's not selling well i imagine the cost of them making the next battlefield is a lot less than them porting it to the switch and building an audience there I think as well, um, what has been really interesting is I think if you'd asked this question a year ago, you might have had a different answer as to whether you could see this happening. But now with the releases of things like Skyrim and Doom and uh, we had the other World War II shooter, forget the name of it now. Um, We've also got Warframe, which is running brilliantly. I think when you see these games playing so well on the Switch, you start to say, well, actually, the Switch is pretty capable okay it's not a playstation 4 it's not an xbox one but 
it's more capable than I think we probably would have given it credit for a year ago. So I expect to see more third-party games next year. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys remember, but when Switch was first announced, they Nintendo made a big play about the fact they had a lot of third-party developers on board. They were specifically going out saying, we have hmm. Doom, we have whatever it is that's coming. They, Wolfenstein. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they made a big play for this. And I'm actually wondering, did they announce that a bit too soon? Although they had a few at launch, there's it has been fairly quiet on the third-party developer front for a while. And I don't know if they just managed to manage, uh, port, do some really, really quick ports to pull these games over like Doom to begin with so they had something to come out of the gates well, with. Well, the ones that we're seeing next year, so we know that we're getting Saints Row the Third. Um, that's, again, a, quite an, a left-of-centre announcement. I mean, it's great, it's cool, but it's a little bit off the beaten track of where we might have thought they were going with third-party games. And I'll I'll get it. Also, I'll get it because I'm in the game. Because <laughs> I'm actually in the game in the in the car. One of my songs is in it. So I'm going to get it for that reason, just because I, I, don't, I haven't bought it yet, amazingly. And... Um, the uh, the other one is Ellie Noir. I get you know so so I I love Ellie Noir, but it wouldn't have been an instant one that we, where you would go. Oh, I really expect them to port Ellie Noir and Saints Row the Third. You know, so it is interesting to see where they go next year. Yeah, I think one of the the biggest like telltale signs will be of where the Switch is going in terms of third party will be the next Elder Scrolls. So that's going to be one of the major games of a generation. And Bethesda's been good for Switch support, but is there? big title that will be running on the like upgraded version of their engine it's where all their money goes the elder scroll games are typically the kind of showcase of the like next big leap of the engines take uh oblivion that was like a showcase of what the fallout 3 would be like and everything like that so that's gonna be their big title and if they can bring that to switch i think that'll be a really great showcase of where uh, multi-platform titles are going on switch yeah that would be that'll be very interesting to watch all right, then let's move on to one game which I know many people have sunk in hundreds of hours into. I have it. I've played a little bit of it. I know I'm going to be hooked when I finally get into playing a lot of it because it's totally my kind of game. But I just haven't got around to do to, to properly investing time in it. It's Stardew Valley. Anton, are you a fan? I've never I've never played it. Um, I'm planning to pick up though. The new multiplayer updates really got my attention. How about yourselves? Yeah, I have never played it either. I'm in the same camp as Anton. Although I know a lot of people who do love it and have been recommending I play it for donkeys, I just have not found the time to do so. Well, I've played a little bit of it and um, it's so far so good. Really enjoyed the first sort of two, three hours of it. But I mean, that's barely scratching the surface of what Stardew Valley is about. Now, interesting development this week is that it looks like the developers behind Stardew Valley are working on a new game set in the same universe which i think is quite big news because i know how many people are obsessed with stardew valley so the idea of a brand new game set in the same universe what could it be i mean certainly with the multiplayer update um i don't know if you saw some of the things you can do in there but you can actually bring other people into your uh, world you can actually propose to other people that have come into your world within stardew (laughs) valley which i think is great um it it, there's there's stuff that you can keep away from them so they don't see what you're you know they don't steal your stuff or anything like that it's really clever so it'll be interesting to see what they do here i mean are they gonna um are they gonna like extend it out and make it more of a kind of life simulator thing outside of the farm or you know what's who knows i don't know any thoughts yeah i'm gonna be curious to see how how similar it is because there are games where they're like it's in the same universe and it's nothing like it and you're like yeah this is just set on the same planet or something <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's going to be curious how similar it is because they could do something it's just maybe a city building but in the kind of same style um, I'm really curious I don't know well, where they're going with this obviously I, I am intrigued because it's not often that you get 
uh, one of their fairly large titles that then come along and say we're going to do another game in the same universe. They quite often do the same game's name, but it's a completely different kind of game. So if you take, I don't know, Command & Conquer, for example, it's the same game rolled out over and over again. But it's always in different universes. They had, um, what was it, the original Command & Conquer, and then there was Red Alert, and there was mm-hmm. Generals, and they kept going with it from there. That happens an awful lot. It's not often you get... Actually, somebody coming along and saying, we really like what we created. We can do a completely different game in the same genre, or not the same genre, in the same universe and tie them together. Especially in a genre like that as yeah. well. I think I think that's the thing as well. When you're talking about like management simulation type games, uh, it's not often that they then say, well, we're going we're gonna to keep the universe, but we're going to change the game. And that's it's like flipping it almost. It's like they're flipping it from the norm. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, definitely watch this space. Yeah, I'm I excited. Think. Right then, uh, there are, if you are somebody who, like me, goes on the uh, e-store regularly or the e-shop regularly and decides to just browse and then ends up being sucked into buying something because it's on offer, bad news because there's a huge Christmas e-shop sale on right now. Uh, Actually... Uh, there are actually some really good bargains to be had. Uh, One of them is Crypt of the Necrodancer. Now, I've never played it. It's a kind of rhythm-based dungeon crawler. Have you had a, a look at this, Anton? Um, I, I'm, I have not. Yourself, have yourself, Al. No, I've never heard of it, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> really, really well reviewed. So this is a 9 out of 10 type game. Um, it, it's apparently very, very tricky as well. But if you like your kind of old school kind of 8-bit kind of dungeon crawlery type things, is it technically a dungeon crawler? Do you know what? I don't know if that's actually technically what they call I don't it. Know. If it's tricky, I'm, I'm out already. I just have no patience. As soon as I die three times in a row, I put a game down and walk away. I just, I'm that guy. <laughs> yep, I'm absolutely the same Al it's like I was looking up reviews for Hollow Knight and people are like oh it's a challenging adventure I'm like yeah. I just like clicked out of the review I'm like that's not for me I don't have time to learn <laughs> well, he- well here's the thing about this one it's very very unique it's very different because it's got this rhythm based element into added into it which is kind of a really unusual mix uh, but anyway it's down to 3.59 on the uk store at the moment which is incredible because it's normally about 17.99 so that's a really good one to look out for but there are loads of bargains cat quest how about playing cat quest <laughs> i, I, is, that I not, is that not harking back to a previous podcast that you guys might have done uh it's possible now, but the one <laughs> i vaguely remember hearing about it on there being recommended to someone i just downloaded the other uh which basically it's stardew valley for cats it's cat was it cat tales or cat Anyway, I just downloaded the other cat game just the other day, which I'm intending to play. Cat Quest is one that um, that you might want to check out as well. It gets w- well-reviewed and is 50% off. I think it is on mobile as well, to be fair, but I think it's well done on the, the Switch. Poyo Poyo Tetris, half price at the moment as well. I am a fan. We all know you're a fan, Mike. You've played that game to death. Even I've played that game with you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's like it came out, and uh, I was super intrigued by it. I'm like, I really want Tetris on one console because I currently, if I ever crave Tetris, I'm like having to get my DSL and like do that. So like, but it's like thirty pounds for the same Tetris. I'm like, oh, can't do it. <laughs> There's a couple of other ones that you might want to check out. Mega Man Eleven is actually right down to nineteen ninety nine at the moment. You've got Resident Evil Revelations one and two both discounted at two i'm in the middle of playing right now i play that with my wife and i am down uh, i am down it is down to 11.99 from 20 pounds uh, street fighter 30th anniversary you'll get that for just over 30 pounds in the e-shop and monster hunter generation ultimate which i tried the demo of and was terrible at 34.99 for that as well so there's a few games there but there's actually loads um, it's well worth a look I shall sit down and have a look this weekend. And then buy nothing. And then buy nothing. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... So, uh, moving on then. Uh, also, talking about the eShop, a little bit of gossip. Uh, it, 
is possible that the eShop could be getting a bit of a refurb and it might be replaced with a new style store. This is interesting, Anton. Yeah, um, I've been hearing murmurings for this like for a while. Like, I remember on the Nintendo support blog, they were like, oh, we're going to do a bunch of improvements to the eShop and update after update came out and we never saw anything. But it looks like we're actually getting a whole new eShop, which will be really interesting. I wonder what that actually means. I mean, I, I actually don't have a problem with the eShop. I think it works quite well. My only small, tiny little niggle is it's a little bit slow. And I, I don't think, think I still... Yeah, I mean, my internet connection home is, is pretty fast and everything else is lightning, but I always find that store works quite slowly on mm. the Switch. I don't, that doesn't really bother me. I, I haven't really noticed it particularly, but what I do think is interesting is that if you think about how colorful and bright and the music and everything of the wii u and, and even the wii beforehand it is a bit kind of like okay i'm shopping now i'm looking at games and that's nice but it doesn't have that kind of fun factor of the previous console so i wonder if they might kind of just make it a little bit more of an interesting um you know make it more part of the journey because we still don't have wallpapers for goodness sake i mean we, you know that's another thing on on the on the switch is that you'd think by now we'd have a wallpaper section because i mean that's a that's an easy money maker right I'll tell you there's actually there's one thing that i think playstation does well and i've never played an xbox one they probably do it too but they uh when you load into a game you automatically get a little video showing you what the game's about oh we get that on the switch it doesn't autoplay though on the switch you've actually go scroll through screenshots and then find the video and hit play it's a small thing mm, i but hate I, autoplay though do you yeah i hate oh, autoplay. i like it i hate it I, I, i'd much rather go through to and pl- press play because then <laughs> you'll be even slower then <laughs> well, you won't be. well no it's it, to be i'm going to i'm going to take back what i said about the store it's not that it's slow it's slow to load it initially Ah, okay. Download okay. games is fine, mm. like and stuff, but just navigating it is okay. just a bit slow. I get it. Yeah, yeah, because it's quite a simple app. Like comparing it to like some of the apps you have on your iPhone, like the Facebook app or the App Store or Amazon. Those are like lightning quick, but the Switch isn't quite on that same level. Um, looking over, um, when I saw that, I was like, oh, what well, what kind of thing would they be doing? And I had a wee look at what everybody was saying about and their thoughts on it. People seem really intrigued, like excited for it. Uh, from what I can gather, the complaints are with the eShop is a lot of indie stuff that people don't really seem interested in is getting to the top whereas a lot of really good games are just seemingly sinking to the bottom so i think what they're probably going to end up with is something a lot more curated and a lot of people are not a fan of if you want to look at all games for instance you have to go down and like pass all the games then press more and then put in all your parameters and uh, a lot of just searching and querying cure, kind of stuff. Um, so it seems to be a problem of people not discovering as much of the games as they want. Like, I don't know about yourselves. It's like I go in there, I maybe browse through what's on sale. Uh, I browse through re- some of the recent releases. And I'm like, hmm. So, um, on that recent releases pages, you can find a lot of shovelwares coming right at you. And that's not really the first thing you should be seeing when you're lo- wanting to sell consumers games. I think you've probably got a point. I mean, I, I tend to go current offers, what's coming soon, and then I'll maybe look at the the picks one. I think there's one now where it gives you some suggestions, which is quite interesting, but it, it's not, it does, it seems to just update maybe once every few weeks or something. It's not that regularly updated. Um, so yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I think it probably could do with a revamp. I'm kind of used to it. It's a bit like when they change an app. It's a bit like when they change Facebook or Twitter, or any of these things. I probably hate it to start with. Give it two weeks and I'll never want to go back. Yeah, you forget what it was like before. Right then, let's move on. We've got one more little short bit of gossip before we move on to the quiz, and that is Crash Team Racing for the Switch, which I was very excited to hear. Unfortunately, 
It looks like we've got a possible delay, I believe. So that's not so great. Um, this is this is what happened with Sonic Racing as well. We, we were supposed to have Sonic Racing next month, but now it's been pushed back to, I think it's the summer, which is fine. But I wouldn't be so bothered if we could get some new Mario Kart or something. I, you know, I want one of them. One of them just update. Yeah, I think we're, we're overdue some Mario Kart DLC. We, we need it. It's a, it's a great game. It's a flagship game. Give us some DLC. Well, I, I've put in like th- probably two, three hundred hours on the Wii U and on the Switch now on Mario Kart, and it's really about time that you know we had something new. So, um, you know what, Crash Team Racing, great. Looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. It'll be spectacular. Sonic Racing, great. If they do a good job, I know it was a bit unfinished when they they released some early versions of it, but I think they'll do a good job of that in the end. Um, so those are great, but it looks like we might have to wait another six months. Yeah, it's a real shame because. For a lot of us who had the Wii U, we've played Mario Kart 8 to death. So mm-hmm. it's, when you take that into consideration, like it might seem like if you've just this is you've missed out on the Wii U, it's like oh Mario Kart came out quite recently. But for a lot of people, we've kind of burnt through our time in uh, Mario Kart 8. So a new kart racer would be fantastic. Well, bring it on. I don't think all fruit racing or whatever it is quite cuts it for me. Although I don't think it's terrible. It's just not quite, you know, it's it's not quite Mario Kart. Oh, we've we've got Hello Kitty Cruisers as well. That's the, right, The flagship yes. title. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. All right, then. Let's move on to the quiz. Now, we played for the first time last week. And the score, just because I'm actually going to keep score now. Sorry, Anton. It's currently... Alistair one, Anton zero. <laughs> now we're going to stick with me hosting it for a while. We might switch that around eventually, but for now, I am I am the quiz host, and the way we play is I have three popular games in history with a link to the Switch. Whether it's a really clear link or whether it's a tenuous link, you'll find out at the end. Now I'll give you a series of facts or clues about the game, and every fact you can give me a guess if you want to, or we move on. The first person to give me the correct game title wins the round. And there are three rounds, so it's the best of three each week. And you're 1-0 down from last week. It was a 3-0 resounding win for Alistair, I'm afraid, Anton. So you're going to oh, have to no. step it up. It, don't worry, it will not be repeated this week. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a chance. Well, <laughs> are you, you ready, Anton? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ready. Alistair? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, then. First game this week. And the first clue. This game was originally released for the Mega Drive in 1992. See, I'm scuppered already. Sonic 2. Next clue, you travel through time to combat hostile extraterrestrials. Uh, I'm still stumped. (laughs) Any advance on Sonic 2? Alien Storm? (laughs) Alien Storm. It's not that. Now, uh, it's set in the ocean and on an alien spacecraft. Echo the Dolphin? Oh, Anton, well done. It is Echo the Dolphin. I will give you the next two clues, which will give you the Switch link. Does anyone know the Switch link to this? No, but I'm intrigued. The Mega Drive collection, possibly? Yes, it is included. Ah, oh, that was a gift. Why? Oh, you can tell collection. I'm sleep deprived, can't you? So you could, uh, you could go and buy it and play it now. Uh, so it was included in the recent Mega Drive or Genesis collection on the Switch. And finally, you play as a bottlenose dolphin. <laughs> next game then, 1-0 to Anton. Well done, Anton. The comeback is Thank on. Thank you. This game was first released on the N64 in 2001. Paper Mario? (laughs) Wave Race? Both games I'd love to see on the Switch, but no. Uh, Definitely. 
I think this might this might be the one. Published by Rare. Oh, Ban- uh, Banjo Kazooie. No. Conquer's Bad Fur Day? Yes! 2 0 Anton! The comeback. I'll, I'll give you a few more of the clues. Uh, but this means that you will have won this week, which is great. You're now just playing for uh, for some sort of. So that I could try and redeem myself. A little bit, uh, yeah. I, yeah, in any way, shape, or form. So you would have got a platformer. You play as a greedy, heavy drinking red squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Was included as part of the rare replay on Xbox One. And the Switch connection, well, there wasn't really one other than I think it would fit perfectly on the Switch. Mm. And there's a Nintendo, it's tenuous, but it's there. It's there. All right, finally then. Third game for a little bit of. Uh, of a comeback Alistair but not enough to get you anything this week I'm afraid deep breath this game was first developed for the Wii U and released on the 18th of March 2013 developed for the Wii U Bayonetta 2? no Bayonetta no (laughs) developed by TT Fusion it has also seen a Switch release Uh, no I can't think TT Fusion, yeah, are they the guys that do the Lego games? Or am I making that up? Oh, Lego set you undercover. <laughs> oh, damn it! No! He just set you up and you, you knocked <laughs> it out of the start. park. <laughs> I didn't know that was developed for the Wii U. It was developed for the Wii U originally, yeah. And um, then, of course, we had a Switch release. And yeah, because originally it wasn't on any other console. It was the Wii <laughs> it was U. exclusive. That, yeah, it was oh, an exclusive, cool. yeah. Uh, good game as well. If you haven't played it um, and you get a chance to pick it up for cheap. It's amazing. I borrowed it from a mate, uh, played it a lot. and That may have been me. Might have been you, yeah. <laughs> and it may have crashed a lot and I might be quite yeah. annoyed by it. So so one of the big things with the, the the Switch version, unfortunately, is there's a lot of little bugs in it, which is a little frustrating. Actually, the Wii U game probably plays slightly better, but it doesn't have the co-op mode that the Switch game has. Um, so there are a couple of issues with it. Uh, generally, it does play well, but it's just it just it seems to, the further in you get, the worse. It has one major, major, major bug that really got my goat. You get to the very end of the game, the, I mean literally the very end of the game, and as soon as you did the final bit of the game, I'm not going to say what it was because I don't want any spoilers, but as soon as you complete the game, it crashes. Every ah, single time I didn't I get that it. one. Really? Well, I did, and it drove me nuts. My but biggest... I have the moral victory. I won it. I know I won it. Just the game doesn't remember. My that. biggest problem with it wasn't that. My biggest problem with it was that it uh, every time I get about an hour into the game, my characters would lose their hair, and I couldn't do anything to get it back. <laughs> so I was just walking around with bald Lego characters. So that was my the, the final clues. By the way, would have been you play an undercover cop called Chase McCain, and then finally the game takes place. In Lego City. <laughs> so that would have probably given it away. So is that 3-0 to Anton then? Yeah, the comeback. We're 1-1 one, one overall score, so next yeah. week. And 3-0 each. 3-0 each, Ooh, wow. It's, it's going to be tense next well, week. Well, it won't be next week because next week, of course, we are just about to celebrate Christmas. The week after that, we're just about to celebrate the fact that we're saying goodbye 2018. So what we are going to do is we are going to return in a couple of weeks' time for 2019. And this has really been the kind of the first couple of episodes. And that's when we start pretty much for real i guess 2019 is mm-hmm. going to be the year of the podcast yeah you could call these little test episodes and actually you know what this is a really good time to bring up things like reviews on itunes stores because when uh, new podcasts like ours appear on the scene one of the best ways for us to get up the rankings get a bit of visibility is for anyone listening to leave positive reviews nudge nudge wink wink that'd be incredibly helpful if you can just log on to the store and give us a review yeah well we're doing we're not doing this for any other reason than that we love 
Nintendo Switch, and we want to try and, uh, and and talk about it and get other people talking about it. So this is this is the reason we're doing it. If you have a chance to check us out on Twitter as well, we're on there. We're on Facebook as well, uh, Nintendo Switch UK podcast or NSUK podcast, and uh, you can also get in touch with us on email as well. I believe. Yeah, where our email is uh, podcast at uh, nsukp.co.uk. So give us a wee bit of a support and a nice little five star review mm-hmm. would be lovely. Mm-hmm. And in a similar vein, if you have any feedback and you have anything you'd like us to do, any opinions on the segments we're doing, uh, definitely get in contact. And we can we have a little bit of period where we can kind of regroup and fine-tune things for the new year. Right, well, listen, on that note, have a fantastic Christmas. Have a great new year uh, when it comes. And uh, I hope you get lots and lots of nice Switch games for Christmas. Yeah, so do I. Much love to everybody out there. Merry Christmas. Goodbye. Au revoir.